Welcome to Charities at Work, a podcast of Catholic Charities USA, the national office for the Catholic Charities Ministry in the United States and its territories. Our podcast focuses on the mission of Catholic Charities, providing service to people in need, advocating for social justice, and inviting all people of goodwill to do the same. Welcome to all of our listeners of Charities at Work, the podcast of Catholic Charities USA. I'm your host, David Werning, Director of Content Development for CCUSA and editor of our online magazine, which is named Charities USA. All of our podcasts can be found on our website, catholiccharitiesusa.org, on the podcast page, and in some cases, like this one, uh, also on the magazine page. Our topic for this episode is lessons learned by the Catholic Charities Ministry in the United States regarding food security during the COVID-19 pandemic. And to speak about this issue, we're very fortunate to have with us Jane Stenson, who is the Vice President for Food and Nutrition and also Poverty Reduction Strategies at Catholic Charities USA. Jane, welcome. Thanks for taking the time to talk about this important issue. Well, thanks. Thanks so much. I'm delighted you're interested. Um, This has been an incredible um, thing to watch unfold over the last nine months, um, both hearing the national news, but then also seeing how our agencies responded. So I would love to share what I can and the time permitting of our story. Um, Yeah. So why don't you just uh, give the listeners an idea about how the Catholic Charities agencies responded to the pandemic and not, not only the pandemic, of course, but the, the, the lockdowns and all of the consequences that followed, like the, you know, the mitigation efforts and all that. Yeah, it was quite something. I mean, we all lived through it. So um, this comes as no surprise, but it was really exacerbated when um, your <laughs> the heart and soul of your agency is really providing care and support to people really at the margins of our society. And a lot of them are really in high need. So food was... Um, a critical resource that agencies help to navigate by both direct distribution as well as just uh, sharing information on where they can get it in their community. So, um, you know, for a lot of our agencies, they moved incredibly quickly and transitioned a lot of their food pantries into grab-and-go pantries. And this, you know, even in the simple nine months since this all started, um, that took a lot of effort. Um, A lot of the volunteers that make food distribution work within the Catholic Charities Network are older, many over 50, many significantly older than that. And obviously, um, having volunteers at that high-risk age um, was not something we were encouraging during COVID. So this... We quickly encouraged volunteers to stay home. Uh, Staff had to step up. That meant um, redistribution of a lot of day-to-day activities as staff. Um, Directors rolled up their sleeves, agency directors as well, and really um, started to make sure that 
pantries, the, the food was pushed out from pantries, um, street corners, uh, whatever it took. People walking up at a safe distance, giving them a box of food, cars going by, popping it into trunks. Um, so agencies did that really with great care for their staff, trying to make sure we had appropriate um, you know, masks and, and visors and things like that, with, with, which in the early days were pretty difficult to come by. And, you know, in such a short time, we've learned so much, but um, most agencies did it. Some had to maybe pause for five to 10 days, but very quickly got their food distribution work up and running. So that was like maybe the biggest challenge in terms of food distribution was trying to figure out how to do it in a way that was safe uh, and with, with less volunteers and uh, and still get the food to the people who needed it. Right, and often increase volume. So it was challenging. Um, but that's, that's only our food pantries. We do a lot of congregate dining. Um, a lot of seniors come to Catholic Charities and we might be their sole source of a hot meal during the day. So we were able to keep those meals in production um, whether it was in our own kitchens or some agencies very creatively partnered with local restaurants and used their food dollars to purchase prepared meals for either their congregate dining clients who were now, um, sometimes they were delivered to their doors. Other times um, seniors would come at a pickup location. Uh, We have senior housing buildings that have anywhere from 40 to 100 seniors in a building. Um, Food was challenging. Sometimes agency staff had COVID and um, that was quite a challenge to keep everybody fed, safe, and also to kind of reduce anxiety to know that the three meals were going to be coming on a regular basis. But again, as I mentioned, um, some agencies very creatively partnered with a local restaurant. They were facing tremendous challenges with losing staff, um, certainly losing their customers. And so Charities was able to contract with them to maybe adopt one of their senior housing buildings. Their uh, employees did the meal preparation and on occasion also helped with distribution to door to door to seniors in their rooms. Um, We saw in a lot of our housing programs that many of our homeless shelters were no longer a safe place um, because those are open spaces. Um, A lot of those homeless shelters transitioned, getting people into um, hotel rooms within their communities Again, those rooms don't have kitchenettes for the most part, so this required staff to very creatively think about where are they going to get the food, how are they going to um, distribute this um, to make sure, again, those people were well taken care of and well provided for. So it was just a privilege to watch this unfold. And as it was unfolding, partnerships became more and more important, didn't they? There are a number of partnerships that were people outside of the Catholic Charities Agency uh, world, or, or maybe not outside of it, but not Catholic Charities Agencies, other partners that, that helped in, in this effort. 
Yeah, the partnerships were just astounding. Um, nationally, those were the ones I was most directly involved in, but we saw a beautiful early partnership um, with the Church of Latter-day Saints. Um, they have large food warehouse capacity in Utah and very quickly uh let it be known that where we had need, they were willing to provide assistance. So within that first month, when stores were often depleted of um, critical um, food products, LDS, through some coordination with our office nationally, distributed, uh, distributed truckloads across the country of just critical, critical food that in turn, Catholic Charities was able to get into the hands of families that really needed these products. So that was one of the tremendous partnerships. And again, probably in the really early phases of COVID, um, we have a wonderful partnership with a, the Dairy Pricing Association out of Wisconsin that periodically gives us large donations of cheese. And they again stepped up to the plate gave us uh, this year about 80,000 pounds of cheese that we were able to get processed and distributed across a variety of agencies. They also helped spread the word with a lot of um, dairy farmers. And it was really quite interesting. I was kind of inundated for a few weeks with calls from farmers in Pennsylvania and Wisconsin and Ohio that um, were in the terrible position of having to dump um, milk and instead of dumping milk, wanted to know if we could take it and distribute it to communities of need. So we were able to facilitate that. Um, we received calls from a lot of other um, companies. Mission Foods is one that gave us just tons, literally tons of tortillas from their warehouses across the country and we were able to get those delivered to agencies um, by the pallet load um, from their various distribution centers around the country. And that was just most welcome and very much appreciated. Um, that doesn't speak to the local partnerships. I mean, agencies did incredible work um, partnering with parishes, partnering with businesses. Um, they were taking products from restaurants that you know, no longer could sell what they had in their freezers and um, reached out. And for the most part, restaurants were quite generous and were able to give amazing products to our networks instead of letting that go bad to have our agencies get that to families. Uh, let me, oh, they're just on the foundation side. We've had a long partnership with the Walmart Foundation they fund Catholic Charities USA about 1.5 million a year to help our agencies do SNAP enrollment work. And they called us very early during this, I think in April, um, giving us additional money to help expand and deepen our SNAP enrollment work. COVID caused tremendous unemployment in many sectors of our society. Um, people were losing their job. SNAP is an incredible federal program that really um, responds in times of need. Uh, the federal government also eliminated 
some of the barriers to federal nutrition programs um, that allowed agencies to work virtually and they could approve applications virtually instead of making them come down and have an appointment. So there was a lot of good partnerships across the board with federal government, state and county government, local businesses, um, farmers, just I think for the most part, everybody was really willing to step up and try to provide the resources that they had at their disposal to help families that really were struggling. It sounds like it was a very streamlined process once everybody got on board and was was helping out in the way that they could, uh, not talking about just the individuals, but the companies, the federal government, the states, the farmers, the dairy, all the people that you mentioned. Um, is there any hope that this some of this flexibility and innovation might continue outside of uh, pandemic times? Yes, I think so, for sure. Um, I'm hoping the partnerships will continue to grow and really develop into long-term partnerships. Um, many agencies have responded, particularly on the SNAP side, which is a program nationally I work with, that having the ability to do SNAP enrollment virtually ha- is, is a strategy that agencies don't want to walk away from. And it's not just SNAP. It's We were able to keep delivering so many services virtually, whether it was just basic information and referral, letting families know where they could pick up their school lunch, you know, where were these food distribution sites, Um, We saw incredible work with telemedicine from our behavioral health side of the, of local agencies. Um, But virtual benefits enrollment enabled agencies to reach more remote rural parts of their diocese. And so that is something that I think was a tremendous lesson learned that we would like to keep doing going forward. You've mentioned uh, quite a few successes in responding to the pandemic. What about some of the challenges? Uh, Did you you or any of the people that you were working with uh, encounter many challenges? Oh, yeah, there were many challenges. Um, (laughs) I know that was a dumb question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But again, most were... um, most were met with just incredible, generous support from, again, partners and individual donors. Um, I mean, food, it's hard to believe in the U.S., but food actually was pretty scarce. And um, Catholic Charities USA does not typically purchase food for our agencies. They don't look to the national office to provide that resource for them. But we had to think about how do we step up? We got wonderful donations, as I had mentioned, from companies and other faith groups. But we just had to bite the bullet and purchase food and get it out to agencies across the country. And we were only able to do that because of a tremendous response from our own donors. And we were able to create kind of a fund that allowed us to purchase food and were able to send truckloads of critical supplies, soups, beans, you know, pasta, 
baby food, things like that, that agencies really needed. This was not extravagant um, food products. These were just basics just to make sure everyone had something. Um, So that was really um, incredibly helpful. Um, Some of the other challenges we faced is because we are a multi-service organization, food isn't our sole business. So most of our agencies have a pantry. They don't have industrial refrigeration and freezers. We don't, we might have some vans. We don't necessarily have refrigerated trucks or even box trucks. Um, We had to turn away a lot of donations because we just didn't have the capacity to store. We couldn't accept a lot of dairy because agencies had limited capacity to make sure that product was safe. Um, Again, you know, this sparked some really creative partnerships. Some agencies were able to partner with a local business who opened up the refrigerator and said, have that truck come here. We'll hold the product for you. You can take it as you need it. And and those were great. But um, that was very challenging. We worked with the USDA Farmers to Families Program. And if people are unfamiliar with that, this was an effort on behalf of the government to purchase product from farmers that had a difficult time maybe making it through the food chain, um, but then deliver it to nonprofits who could get it into the hands of families that really needed it. It's beautiful product. It's about a 20-pound box of fruits, vegetables, now dairy, cheese, butter, things like that, and then often with a gallon of milk. So it's a nice box of food. The challenge often was, particularly in rural communities, um, agencies didn't have a loading dock. They didn't have a forklift. This was coming as full truckloads of product. Um, A lot of it, because it was dairy and milk, had to be refrigerated. We have limited capacity in some communities with refrigeration. So that was a challenge, um, and all of this was moving very, very quickly, so there was very little time to kind of build those partnerships that I think could have helped us accept more of this. But, with that, with that whole process, uh, especially you mentioned the Farmers uh, to Families Food Box Program, that involved uh, the volunteers of, of truckers as well, did it not? Oh, well, um, USDA actually paid for the um, distribution of the Farmers to Families boxes, but I'm so glad you raised that. Um, Catholic Charities USA does not have a fleet of trucks. (laughs) We (laughs) don't have that capacity, unfortunately. And we were gifted by a company called Flexport with free trucking. Um, We had applied, I think, two or three times, and we kept getting our applications approved. And this gave us an additional increment of free trucking. And so we work with the company. If we were getting a donation of dairy from Pennsylvania, I could reach out to Flexport and they could help us coordinate a pickup at a local farm in Pennsylvania and get that milk delivered as far away to Florida as Florida. So having that 
donation um, was just critical in our ability to accept all kinds of donations. And that has just been uh, just invaluable. So, Well, with all of this experience, uh, I'm sure you're looking ahead. Uh, you know, what, what do you have plans for the future? Or maybe thinking, well, if we have, God forbid, another pandemic like this, do you think Catholic Charities USA and the, the agencies around the United States will be better prepared or perhaps even make some changes based on all this experience? Yeah, I think we learned a lot and I don't even think we know how much we've learned yet. <laughs> That'll come maybe. And in- we're still in it, right? Yes, we're still in it. So there are a lot of things we have to kind of ruminate with and think about, but um I think certainly this virtual uh, virtual work is just solidly in our future. I mean, it, it's very helpful if you're a senior with some mobility issues and you're no longer driving to be able to have a Zoom call with your social worker and, um, you know, talk to your therapist if you're having issues Um continue on your ESL path, you know, if you're a new immigrant and you're trying to learn English. So all of these services were able to continue because of um, technology and really agencies' ability to really quickly embrace that and train and continue to offer almost everything they were offering before, but do it in a virtual reality. Um, So I think that's in our future. Um, One of the things we did learn on the food side certainly was, again, the need for virtual benefits and enrollment work, and that will continue. But we really struggled with the um, capacity around refrigeration, freezer, and transportation, and it's not just around food. We're, again, a very multi-service organization. We really have been giving a lot of thought to if we could create some regional warehouse space um, for food. We do a lot of disaster response. How do we um, regionally be better prepared in times of disaster Um, A lot of times, uh, volunteers who work with Catholic Charities post-disaster, it's in cleanup. So if we could stage um, products for disaster in regions, um, we would be quicker to respond. Um, We resettle a lot of refugees. Uh, We respond um, often when people lose their home because of other disasters, it would increase our ability to take large donations around furniture and mattresses, things like that. So we've been giving some thought if we could have some regional warehouse space that um, could solve storage issues for a multiple number of agencies in particular parts across the country, um, but also increasing refrigeration and freezer, and then have the ability to move that product across a wider region, so requiring some trucks. That's going to be a long-term process. I mean, those are expensive items. It's going to take a lot of planning. But I think we did learn um, oftentimes space. Um, just space was an obstacle to accepting more donations that we really could have used. 
So those were some really serious lessons. I think um, there's a lot to think about in both directions. How do we better train and do better work virtually? Um, How do we use all the skills that we gain during this short period of time to really reach out? And so many of our agencies cover multiple, multiple counties and have more of a presence in those more remote parts of our service area. And then um, even if it's through group group purchasing, have a place where multiple agencies can um, have a more cost-effective way to store goods, um, be better prepared um, so that, you know, we are out of the, out of the door faster <laughs> during mm-hmm. the next, um, unfortunately, time of need. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like amid all of the successes and all of the lessons learned and all of the challenges that the one constant is the people, all the people that responded, uh, you directing kind of like on the national level, the distributions and things, all the people at the Catholic Charities Agencies, all the volunteers who were able to, to help. I know a lot had to stay home because of the pandemic, but that's, that's really where Catholic Charities shines with, with, with the staff, with the volunteers, with the donors, all of these people who got help out to people in need. Um, we, did you want to say something? Just that it's really been an honor and a privilege from where I sit to kind of see this and it happened everywhere. You know, there, you know, we saw parts of California and Oregon um, not only deal with the pandemic, but then deal with it during (laughs) the tremendous challenge of the wildfires and agencies just continually stepped up and strategized and, okay, how do we meet this hurdle? And it was really it was inspiring. It's a lot of good news in a very difficult time. <laughs> We've been talking with uh, Jane Stenson, Vice President for Food and Nutrition and Poverty Reduction Strategies at Catholic Charities USA, all about lessons learned by the Catholic Charities Ministry in the United States regarding food security during the COVID-19 pandemic. Jane, thank you so much for sharing your experience with us and all of the Great details and stories from the Catholic Charities Ministry. Oh, thanks. Thanks for your interest. It was a pleasure. We hope you've been inspired by our podcast. We ask that you pray for us and the people we serve and consider joining our mission as a volunteer or as a donor. For more information on your local Catholic Charities Agency and the National Office, be sure to visit our website at catholiccharitiesusa.org.